Hi, and welcome back to I Love You. I know. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kevin. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and Star Wars. But mostly it's about Star Wars. Kevin, today's a very exciting day. Do you it know is. why? Why? We have guests. We do. Do you want to introduce our guests? Sure. Our guests are my brother, Brandon. How's it going? And his wife, Jen. Hello. Yes. And uh, we very, very safely and very, very carefully uh, traveled down to Arizona to spend Thanksgiving with them. And now they're joining us on the podcast. And it's very timely because the origin of our podcast stems from a conversation that Brandon prompted us to have last Thanksgiving. So here we are on essentially the one year anniversary of our uh, brainstorm and uh, your, your child, basically. <laughs> so we're so excited to have Brandon and Jen here with us. Um, to Before we get into it, to kick it off, uh, Kevin and I have talked many times about our favorite Star Wars memories, but uh, what, what are some Star Wars things you guys enjoy? Um, I definitely remember the action figures as a kid. That was a really big thing. Um, I feel like, I don't know if anything was ever as merchandised as Star Wars, so um, that was really a cool thing. All the Star Wars toys, really fun to play with. I always loved the Star Tours ride at Walt Disney World. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a lot of fun. It's and it's you know that thing has been there for a long time, and they've gone and you know turned that into an entire land. It is mm -hmm. uh, I very much want to go there someday. We uh, we were going to do an episode on that earlier in this season of the podcast, and when we started doing the research, it was just too sad that we couldn't go, and so we bagged that episode and moved on to something else. <laughs> that is true. I also like Star Tours, and it also reminds me of your guys' dad because he unfortunately gets like motion sick and can't go on and always has to wait for us, even though he can go on all of the other rides, but not Star Tours. <laughs> yeah, something about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. So um, like we said before, this is a one-year anniversary. It's right around Thanksgiving. And uh, Brandon, you kind of teed it off nicely about merchandise stuff. So uh nice combination of things is Star Wars and Legos and holidays. So we've got the Lego Star Wars holiday special. And I'm going to pause right here for anybody who is like worried about spoilers. If you want to watch it, it's on Disney Plus. Otherwise, just go ahead and listen to this whole pod. We will be just chock full of spoilers. So um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Lego Star Wars holiday special, uh, you know, this is basically kind of brings back the circle of the previous holiday special involving Life Day. Maybe so, a redemption. I would call it a redemption of Life Day. I yeah. like it. Yeah. I if like you had it. if you had to rank all of the holiday specials that they've made, <laughs> I would say this is number one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely agree there. So, Kevin, can you give us kind of a high-level premise about what Life Day is and uh, what we saw in this holiday special? Yeah, so Life Day appears to be, seems to be kind of like uh, the main galactic holiday. It's sort of Christmas and Thanksgiving and, and all of the holidays sort of rolled into one. Um, and its original origin is the, the original holiday uh, special, which we do not speak of. Um, but the premise of that and the premise of this is both about uh, the gang celebrating Life Day and then some of the uh, goofy side adventures that, that happen as a result. And in, in the case of the Lego holiday special here, um, in the middle, Ray is trying to train Finn as a Jedi, which we'll get into. That's a whole thing. Um, and she's not being very successful at it. She consults the Jedi text and finds out that she can go to some temple 
on some planet and on life day she can learn things that will reveal the future of other Jedi path and she does that and then wacky adventures ensue. Right. So we open up on Kashyyyk, which is the Wookiee homeworld, right? Yep. Okay. And so, which is similar to the first holiday special, they're traveling back to Kashyyyk. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The premise of the first one is basically trying to get Chewbacca home to his family for life day. Right. And, and so that, that's where we are today is that now we are back on Kashyyyk. Chewie's going to be reunited with his family, which oddly they actually want to see him after he basically abandoned them for how many years now? But, you know, time heals all wounds, whatever, and family is important at the holidays. So they, they decide they're going to have a Life Day celebration. And the characters that we see at the beginning of the movie are uh, Ray, uh, Poe, Finn, Rose, BB-8, C-3PO, R2-D2, Chewbacca, and this other little droid called Theo. Um, and then we see those Porgs, which I think are kind of weird because um, uh, in the movie when, like, Chewie is going to eat a porg. They kind of roast up like chicken, but then they like roast up this other thing that looks like a giant porg. Yeah. So it's a little concerning. There's definitely an inconsistency about poultry, right? Um, <laughs> not to mention the fact that when Chewbacca roasts the porg and then the other porgs give him the sad eyes and then he just throws away the, the perfectly good roasted porg, which is already roasted. Like it's too late for that one. Um, but yes, now Chewie has some sort of pro-porg agenda, but is not really uh, that interested in preserving the tip-yips, which <laughs> appear to be larger poultry that he's perfectly comfortable eating. Yeah, an interesting side note. Uh, it kind of started a long time ago for you, Brandon, but you've been having vegan Thanksgiving for a while, right? Yes, definitely. But that tip-yip, I don't know, it looked pretty delicious. <laughs> but we, we celebrated our second vegan Thanksgiving in a row, so um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any tip-yip in our future. So. <laughs> no, probably not. No tip-yip. No tip-yip. Yeah, Thanksgiving is kind of like a big vegan holiday for me because it's like when I came out vegan to my family, so <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of a big one, so... I always think about that. Thanks for enjoying uh, vegan. Yeah, it was delight. It was yes. awesome, delightful. So it sure time. was. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, Star Wars feasting—it's all good stuff. So they are apparently not having a vegan uh, life day, but uh, you know, Rose is trying to salvage stuff. Poe is over the top. Finn is all sad, and, and Ray is—she's not a good Jedi master. No, she's pretty yeah. self-absorbed. She's more concerned about how she's handling it than how Finn's handling it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's the perfect recipe for an epic holiday family disaster, which, you know, makes sense. But, you know, Lego doesn't want to see that happen. They want hijinks to ensue. And so, Kevin, you mentioned that there were going to be hijinks. Yes. And so, yeah, there's sort of the failing party hijinks going on. But Ray, in her self-absorption, which I, I agree, Jen, that she's, uh, she's just not thinking about other people which is pretty on brand for her, honestly. Um, she decides to jump in uh, her X-Wing and fly off to the Jedi Temple on... Kordoku. Kordoku, which is a new new planet. Haven't been there. But in a typical Jedi Temple fashion, it's hard to find. She gets there and the door slams behind her and she's stuck in the temple trying to figure out what to do. And she brought BB-8 with her. So she's at least got a buddy for part of the adventure. And... Uh, they find this thing that is basically two kyber crystals kind of taped together and she accidentally waves it like a wand and creates these portals. Yes. 
And the portals are very reminiscent for, now this is, this is getting deep in, but uh, in Rebels, there is an episode or a couple episodes that talked about the world between worlds, which is in yet another Jedi temple. There's a portal that lets you get into this sort of nexus where you can jump into these other portals and visit any place in time and space. And uh, at the time, uh, Ezra Bridger finds it. Uh, it's how he rescues Ahsoka Tano. No spoiler, but that's relevant this week for another reason. Um, and the Emperor definitely wants to get his hands on it because if he can jump to any place in time and space, then he can do all sorts of fun Emperor things. Which, at some point, the rules seem to kind of change with this thing because I feel like at the beginning, they could only go to specific moments where we saw Jedi Masters training their students. But at some point, I, I don't know exactly at which point, but that rule seemed to be broken, right? Yes. I think uh, either for the, just as a very nice plot device or Ray kind of gets a little bit better hang of how to wave the thing. Um, yeah, it seems that they could just jump to any sort of fun moment in uh, Star Wars history. Right. Right. And I think that this is the will of the force. So the, the first few moments that she's able to jump to gets her the opportunity to see apprentices and their Jedi masters learning about the force. So she meets Luke and Yoda training on Dagobah. She sees Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn uh, basically right before uh, episode one movie starts. She sees Obi-Wan and Anakin in what would appear right before they go up to see Padme in episode two. She sees um, Luke blow up the Death Star and hears uh, Obi-Wan's ghost voice. And then she's like, this is so great. I have to see so much more of this. And I, I mean, you guys, like, people get greedy. We all ate so much last night. And it kind of <laughs> hit, like, it hit really hard. I, and then I feel like she just went back for thirds. She did. She did. Yeah, it's Should have like, stopped then. Should have stopped. Yeah, it reminds me of like the uh, all-you-can-eat sushi where if you don't finish everything, you have to pay for it yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like that giant steak that we saw advertised on our way down. <laughs> yes. We're driving through Texas and there was a billboard. It's 72-ounce free steak. Definitely. Fine print says you have to finish the whole thing. And really left on, a, left on a high note, she, they had just yeah. blown up the Death Star. Yeah. She said, best life day ever. Yeah. Like you said, Amanda, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Kenny Rogers said that, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just quoted him. Yeah. So she goes back for one more. And if you think about it, really like famous masters and apprentices, she sort of hit all of the highlights or certainly all of the highlights in the, uh, in the Skywalker kind of uh, litany of, of masters and apprentices going all the way back to Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan. But she goes for one more and she runs into the last uh, Anakin uh, master-apprentice relationship that he has. It's not a great one. Not great, no. Um, and, and because the Emperor, we know he, he's a bad dude. And it's a life day when she lands to see them. And basically, uh, Vader is giving a happy life day present to the emperor. And you can tell that their master apprentice relationship is not healthy. Yeah. Um, and we already knew that. We've talked about that many times. But Vader is trying to win over the emperor's appreciation. And the emperor likes to totally mess with Vader all the time. And so he's not appreciative of this gift. And Jen, how would you feel about a mug as a gift? I wouldn't. I wouldn't insult it right in, in the face of Darth Vader. Yeah. You're a nicer person than the Emperor, though. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so with the best uh, Emperor in the Galaxy mug being cast aside, uh, they stumble across Rey hiding around in the throne room there. And, and basically, 
the emperor's like, Vader, dude, if you want me to like you again, go get me that cool looking kyber crystal wand. So Vader goes in, follows Rey, and uh, this is where even more hijinks ensue. And so she could have stopped at a good spot, chose not to, and we are going to have a series of misadventures. So um, the, the first place they wind up is Hoth. Uh, so that's going to be episode five, uh, Empire Strikes Back, beginning battle. And uh, it's pretty funny. We, we see two Vaders. Yeah. So Vader, uh, Vader and Rey start fighting. They jump through the portal. They end up on Hoth. And they end up in Echo Base right as Vader punches through the wall. And now we've got two Vaders and his stormtroopers don't know which one to follow, which is pretty funny. And then the Vaders start fighting each other, kind of doing the, I'm the, I'm the Vader, I'm the Vader. And uh, it's, it's cute and funny. And one of you guys mentioned while we were watching it uh, about how this kind of goes against everything we know about time travel from Back to the Future. Right. They would change the whole course of the future. They can't see each other. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's not supposed to be allowed. No. And I feel like, yeah, quite a few things happened that would have completely altered the events of history. Yeah. Like when Homer goes into the time capsule and steps, he wishes, he wishes he hadn't killed that fish. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think they tried to work around that one there in Hoth where then like, you know, they kind of get back in the portal and disappear. And then Vader goes like, that was weird. Let's keep going. But still, like, he would be thinking from that point on, like, there's portals. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like, I mean, we'll get to talking about some more of these, but you, you'll see moments where, like, Luke meets Yoda. So then the whole moment when he gets to Dagobah and doesn't recognize Yoda, that all collapses, right? Because he's already seen Yoda at this point that they've dragged him back to. So yeah, yeah. space and time, they, they've destroyed a lot of things. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there are severe consequences to everything that went on here <laughs> that I think just got washed away there right? should have been severe consequences yeah. i yes. think that's that's a key there so you know they like like you guys said just kind of moves along on hoth but then uh, our adventures continue on to mustafar so we're at the like lava fight scene from episode three where we see anakin and obi-wan fighting but then there's also um ray and vader fighting and then they they wave the the crystals again and and the crystal kind of gets a mind of its own yeah. It does. And it just starts bringing everybody into, the, into yeah. the portal. Yeah. And so, yeah, people just, now we're getting more and more people sucked into the portal into other people's scenes. <laughs> yeah. And and I think it kind of happens right after, like, two more portal jumps. But we leave uh, Mustafar and we wind up in episode seven or eight of The Mandalorian with, with kind of that shootout. So we get to see Baby Yoda, which, you know, always great. Yeah. And he stops the whole scene, the fight yeah. scene. Everybody says, ah. Like we all do when we see the baby. Yeah. We yeah. love baby Yoda here. Uh, so th- then they go through episode one to the pod race on Tatooine. And I kind of feel like that scene actually takes too long. Very similar to that. <laughs> Which is how you, how you feel every time you it see pod out. racers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it checks. And, and then this is where things just start getting really out of hand. Is the, the crystals just start swirling and swirling and swirling. And then creates what we've talked about many times before is a bottomless pit architecture. But this time we're doing it with crystals and the world between worlds. And so they just keep falling. And every time they land somewhere, they open up another portal and everybody else who was around them falls in with them. And they finally land on Tatooine with, what, like 40 or 50 people that do not belong there? Yes. Vehicles. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, and in a cute little uh, three uh, three Obi Wans, I'll say hello there <laughs> to each other, which is pretty great. 
yeah. two, two Hans, two, two Gats. Yeah, lots of lots of people there. Hans shoot Greedo. But they then offered, do you want to shoot first? <laughs> no, you go ahead. Yes. <laughs> yes. Classic. Yeah. Um, but then we see the first moment of uh, Luke Skywalker with his blue milk gag. Yeah. Right. Pretty good running gag. What's the running gag? So frequently we see Luke Skywalker, young Luke, bust out a carton of, it's a blue carton uh, of milk, drinks it, it's got, got milk mustache, wipes it off. Uh, pretty good gag. Yeah. It's a good gag. Yeah. And he somehow never loses it. Like this, whole, it's really interesting if you think about it because it's this whole journey to track down the kyber crystals. Uh, and it's like if only Ray had like a sack that she could have put it in instead of trying to hold on to it with her hand. But so, yet Luke has some kind of milk sack. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't know. Like why? Why couldn't she just be like, dude, hold this for me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. And why doesn't do she? Ugh, classic. The woman doesn't have pockets. Oh yes, or sleeves. Or sleeves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that, that's very true. If she only had pockets, like mm-hmm. we'd be. We wouldn't be having this discussion here. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so then I guess they're, so they're on Tatooine. He's doing his whole, and it's, it's another funny, like, I, I like how uh, Luke Skywalker of that era and this whole thing is completely clueless and like has no idea what's, like and no appreciation for what's going on around him. And totally. so he wanders over into the Vader Ray fight and is like, hey, what's going on over here? And they're both. It's Luke. <laughs> My son. Um, the binary sons. <laughs> yes. Great line. Which I, I guess in this instant that must mean that Vader's like trying to be appreciative of the timeline and not like spoil things. Because that would have spoiled things. That would have right? spoiled things. Yeah. I yeah. mean, a lot of this should have spoiled things. That's right. <laughs> right. Yes. And that brings, into an, uh, brings up another question where... Is Luke really completely unaware of the existence of Darth Vader? Yeah, I was thinking that too, because somewhere around here he mentions that he says something to Ray about like, I don't know what a Darth Vader is. And I'm like, I feel like if you're in the if you're in the galaxy and like Darth Vader is like the chief enforcer of the Emperor, and like his whole thing is to be visible and be like the enforcer. Totally. Have you heard of what you a Darth would, Vader is? Yeah, you would think everyone everyone knows who Putin is, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, Dick Cheney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like even when Obi-Wan said something about his father, he said Vader uh, killed my father. Right? Oh, right, yeah. So he knows who Darth Vader is, which yes. I thought was a weird plot hole. Yeah, but at this point, when he's looking up at the suns, I think it's kind of like the same Luke that we would see at the beginning of episode four where Aunt Beru's like, Luke, Luke. So he hasn't even met Obi-Wan to learn about how Vader killed his killed his father. Um, air quotes. Also, one of the best things about this movie or holiday special or whatever we want to call it is whenever they use air quotes with their Lego hand. Do it as a little like grippy hand, like like I can't. I'm trying to describe yeah, it. Chicken it's dance. Hot. Chicken yeah. dance. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 So onward, um, they wind up back at the Jedi Temple, and Vader takes the crystals. He leaves. Uh, BB-8 to look after Luke and Rey, and he goes back to the Emperor, and he's like, look what I got you, and you know what? The Emperor is not appreciative. It's like the perfect gift. It's exactly what the Emperor wanted for Life Day, but is he happy? Oh, no. Oh, no. Never happy. Never happy. What does he decide to do? He wants to see what his life's like in the future, and so he goes to the future, which is your, like your second time travel mistake. Never go look at your own future. <laughs> Just going to mess things up for you. But he decides to jump 30 years into the future and find out what's happened. And we know 30 years in the future from the final uh, trilogy. 
Yeah, uh, Kylo Ren has just become supreme leader, and they end up in Kylo Ren's chambers, and now he is... Uh, he is dancing around shirtless. <laughs> yes, which is weird. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah. It was weird in the movie. It's weird in the <laughs> holiday special. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. It weirds out General Hux, who show, shows up to do a report and gets all flummoxed, <laughs> and, uh, and then the Emperor and Vader come popping out of a closet, and they're like, Hey, what are you doing here, Supreme Leader guy? And the Emperor gets very like, yeah, you're the Supreme Leader, but I'm like the Emperor of the Galaxy. And he's like, nah, well, like I'm the Emperor of part of the Galaxy, nah. And then uh, Kylo explains to him what ultimately happens with Vader standing right behind him. He's like, yeah, that guy over there throws you down a reactor shaft and kills you. And the Emperor is not pleased. Let's not forget he refers to Vader as Grandpa. So, you know, Kyle is real pumped about this. This yes. is a family reunion. Here. Yes, he's got posters. He does, <laughs> he does have posters. Yes. And I mean, like, his whole, like, Kylo's whole thing is that he wants to live up to uh, to what, you know, what Vader and, and the Emperor were trying to do, kind of, except, eh, whatever. I don't want to get on a whole Kylo thing again. But, um, you know, in theory, that's what he's trying to do. And so he's pretty pumped to meet them and excited to be a part of whatever it is that they're doing. And so now the Emperor sees this shiny new Kylo Ren. He decides, mm, Vader, you're out. Yeah. And you killed me. Yeah. Oh, Not yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're probably going to kill me. Uh, yeah. And Vader goes uh, apprentice hunting. So he's, uh, he's taken on and he's decided that Kylo is his new apprentice, thinks his lightsaber's cool, and, uh, and decides that he's going to be the guy now. And uh, they're going to go and try to set things right for them. Yeah. Which, as we know, though, breaks the rule of two. So you can't have two apprentices. So you guys may not be as familiar with the rule of two as we are. So, you know, just to break it down real fast, you've got the master and you've got the apprentice. The problem when the Sith had far too many Sith running around is that they just kept fighting amongst each other. So, you know, you need a master and apprentice. And one day the apprentice takes over by killing the master and then they find their next new apprentice. You cannot have a master and two apprentices. You can't pit the two apprentices together and be so like cavalier about it because it's not going to work out. And you know what? It doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> so then we find ourselves back. Uh, they, they use the kyber crystals and they go back to the battle um, in the Emperor's throne room on the second battle, uh, Death Star. And, and, and basically it's a battle that's happening up in space while the battle at, on the moon of Endor is happening, you know, below. And, and you know, essentially Kyle is like, this is where he's going to throw you in the pit. And the Emperor's just like, no, this will be fine. And then it's not fine. Yeah, no. And then, yeah. And I guess, meanwhile, back at the Jedi Temple, we've got uh, Rey is beat as usual. She's beating herself up over not getting something right. And uh, Yoda appears. Because Yoda seems to have the power to appear at random in Jedi Temples. He's done this several times. He did this to uh, for Ezra and Kanan. He did this for Ezra, Kanan, and Ahsoka. He's done this in other temples and other times. And he he shows up to impart some wisdom to, to Rey. Tells her uh, she is not going about this the right way. Yeah, she says, from failure, we can learn. So that is really important. And this is where it turns into a true holiday special. So, uh, Jen, are you familiar with Mickey's Christmas Carol? Of course. All right. Did you get some Mickey's Christmas Carol vibes here? I sure did. We had a ghost of the past, ghost of Christmas future. Then we get to the ghost of Christmas present. And you know what? Everybody loves Ray. Yeah. It turns out we flash over to the Millennium Falcon and everybody's talking about Ray. And she sees all of her friends have put together such a great party 
And then she starts to see how she did not treat them very well. And Finn saves the day. He catches that falling tree, and they said, wow, Ray is a good teacher. And yeah. Finn says she's the best teacher. Yeah. And you know what? She's not the best teacher, but she was too hard on herself and she didn't pay enough attention to those around her. And a valuable lesson is learned as she travels through. And you know what? Christmas is going to be saved. Yeah. Right. Life yeah. day. Life oh, sorry. Day life day. day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, just uh, to super Star Wars nerd it, did you find it weird that Yoda was like, the thing that you need to do is be, uh, be tighter with your apprentice and have a personal relationship? Because I feel like that's not really... Uh, I mean, maybe this is Yoda. I guess this is Yoda, ghost Yoda, after he's realized that maybe the uh, policies of having no attachment and friends didn't work out really well this for the Jedi. 2020 Yoda. Yeah. It's changed us all. <laughs> 2020 Yoda. Yeah. yeah. Normally not allowed attachments. This time, totally encouraged. Yeah. But that's probably better. I mean, realistically, that was really not a good thing for the Jedi. The whole no attachments thing ended up being a big problem. Yeah, so as she saw the friends that we started the movie with um, having a great time on Kashyyyk celebrating Life Day, she's like, okay, well, now I got to get this crystal back. I got to save the galaxy, and then I got to go back to my friends. And everything does kind of resolve itself fairly nicely. Um, yeah, she uses some force magic. Since she doesn't have the crystal, she, she realizes that the temple is full of crystals, and so she uses her own power to create her own gateway and go back to the, to the point in time where everything needs to be resolved. And, you know, a big multi-dimensional fight occurs. Because why not? <laughs> With essentially no repercussions for the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Young, young Luke gets knocked out and then dragged back to, to Tatooine. And uh, Kylo and Vader and the Emperor all turn on each other in a big circle. Which is pretty funny. Um, not supposed to have two apprentices. He yeah. got greedy. No. He got greedy. And eventually Kylo's like, hey, Ray, how about... You and me join up, and we can defeat this guy, and then we can rule the galaxy. And the Emperor's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, she manages to get Kylo back to his timeline. Yep. She manages to drag Luke back to his timeline. And then everything plays itself out on the Death Star like it's supposed to. Yeah. A different dialogue, but Luke lives. Vader kills Palpatine. Vader We're seems so to get zapped pretty good, so he probably dies. Right. Yeah. So. Turns out he was wearing a Life Day sweater underneath his regular <laughs> Vader suit. So, yeah. I mean, that just strikes me as being really warm and uncomfortable. But Yeah, but the whole point of his suit, remember that other thing we, we read where like the whole point of his suit is to make him all uncomfortable and itchy because uh, the Emperor likes to... No, this is, this is a real thing, is that uh, his, whole, his whole Vader suit is designed to be like really uncomfortable and whatever because uh the emperor likes to torture his apprentices wow. and uh yeah and it keeps him more in tune with the dark side because it keeps him angry with the emperor all the time because he's like you could have made me a suit with air conditioning and you didn't <laughs> and uh yeah so putting a sweater under there doesn't seem all that out of bounds someone needs to throw that guy down a reactor shaft right <laughs> and he does and he does and interesting during the fall he seems to learn about how it was actually a pretty nice mug that vader got him and you know what maybe this was a great life day it's a life day miracle and then he's gone so yes. yeah he says oh, what he's a uh, shivy palpatine's gonna be singing a new tune and then zap <laughs> <laughs> and that's all and you don't come back from that no no you shouldn't come back from that but yeah. we we know he kind of does we'll see how disney chooses to deal with that later yeah but 
So Rey makes her way back to Kashyyyk. She gets to celebrate. And we have a whole host of fun people having a good time there. Yeah. So uh, who, who was uh, your, your favorite coming back that we got to see? Uh, for me, it was Max Rebo because that's a that's a deep cut, um, and uh, Max Rebo uh, is for for people who don't know is the guy who kind of plays the he's the big blue puffy guy from the original Cantina music scene. Kind of like an elephant. Kind of like an elephant, yeah. Um, and he's so DJ in the party. Yeah, they bring him back to DJ the party. Who's your favorites? Um, it was always nice to see Lando. Yeah, I appreciated when Lando came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with his cape flowing behind him. Yep. I also really liked how crazy Poe was about the party planning. It was pretty hilarious. He was pretty crazy running around in his Christmas sweater. Yeah. Yeah. He was always there, but I just thought I needed to mention him because it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was a big fan of Tip Yip, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. Whatever Tip yeah. Yip is. Like the party went off with, hitch- with hitches, but then it still succeeded despite Poe, I feel like. Yeah. Yes. Which is actually how the rebellion act- or resistance kind of went on like it totally shouldn't have happened the way that it did like it happened in spite of poe mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so the, the fact that they had a life day celebration in spite of poe that tracks yeah 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 leia put him in charge and you know he continued to try really hard to make it not work yeah. but then things seem to work out for him because he's got a good group good group around him yeah. his team his team makes it yeah, um, we did see Chewbacca's family, though they weren't named in this, so it's not really clear if that was his wife and kid or if that was just some other random, uh, random Wookiees. The old one, the old white one, was definitely like a parent of some sort. He also had a girlfriend roll in. Maz Kanata. Yeah, yeah. That is who I was most excited to see was Maz Kanata because she's all like, "Oh, where's my boyfriend?" And it's like. Isn't that your wife over there in the other corner, <laughs> Chewie? Like, and then he's like giving Maz piggyback rides throughout the party. Like, That's which what you're you know, it. no, no judgment here. Whatever your relationship status is, because we do occasionally talk about relationships here. But I just feel like that was a bold move. Like, Chewie has basically bailed on his family for years, and Maz is like, oh no, I'm going to monopolize your time. It just seemed like she wasn't very respectful of his first relationship. <laughs> That is too true. But I did like seeing Maj. She's yeah, hilarious. Babu Frick makes a little appearance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, that's that little Break, guy. Little guy from the, from the last movie, Breakdancing, and the, <laughs> at the very last scene. Yeah. Yep. So we, we've got some Christmas parallels, holiday special parallels. What were some things that kind of jumped out to you guys? Um, like the Life Day Miracle Palpatine moment definitely had a screwed vibe. Definitely felt that where he redeemed himself at the end. Yep. Um, Yoda Yoda showed up at the very end wearing like a little bowler hat and a sweater. And I think I what was what movie was Frosty that a reference the to? Snowman. Was no, it? it was Rudolph. I Rudolph? think because the snowman tells the story about um, Rudolph. That's and right. And yeah. he's dressed like that, right? It's the yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah. Or like the mailman telling the story in Santa Claus is coming to town. It totally had that vibe where he's like the narrator. Yeah, his little bowler hat. Yeah. 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 Nice. That was my favorite part. Yeah. Deep cuts. Yeah. Cute like little it. references. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had the circle at the end. It kind of reminded me of the Who's in Whoville kind of singing. Yeah. But yeah, they were more doing the hokey pokey, though. They weren't doing the Yahoo Dore. Yeah. Which yeah. is probably okay. I'm yeah. all right with that. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah. They took, uh, I, I will say, they managed, like, it was, it was like, well, like 47 minutes. They managed to fit a lot of, there's a lot they of references sure and there's a lot of stuff that they wedged into those uh, those 45 minutes. Uh, good job. Totally. Jam packed. 
Yeah. Yeah, the time travel was a really useful tool for just cameo fests, right? Yeah. Lots of different moments. Yep. And uh, I think the only reference to the original holiday special was that it was Life Day and that we were going to Chewy's home. Yeah. And I think that's great. Yes. (laughs) There were no musical numbers. There were no, uh, there wasn't 45 minutes of just listening to you or listening to uh, Wookiees speak. Yeah, with no subtitles. With no which, subtitles. Which is a thing. Oh um, man, that's a thing. That's a thing. That, that's, a, that's a big part of the, uh, the original, yeah. Um, there was no cartoon, there was no cartoon introducing us to Boba Fett. So you're probably, Amanda, you're probably pretty happy. There's no additional Boba Fett content that <laughs> doesn't have a place in this. I don't think we need any Boba Fett content in the entire galaxy far, far away. Yeah. But, you know, actually we do because then Han would never have been hunted down, frozen in carbonite and brought back to Java. So, okay, we need like the six minutes of, of having Boba Fett, but that's it. We don't need any more Boba Fett content. Yeah. Um. And, uh, and I got a feeling that this is not going to be the thing that uh, people put on to, to clear their room from parties. There's a, there's a story about the original, right? So George Lucas like, d- had all copies of the original or as many as he could destroyed. But Carrie Fisher had put in her contract because she really didn't want to do this thing. And she was like, I will do it, but I know this is going to be a train wreck. And I'm, I want to guarantee that I always have a master copy of it. So she put in her contract that she'd keep a copy. And so when Lucas had all of the copies recalled and destroyed, she got to keep hers. And that was uh, a story she told was that like if, when she had house parties and they went on too long, she would, uh, she would put that tape in and tell everybody, <laughs> hey, watch this show. And, like, and then that would end the party. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Now, this was so enjoyable. We've watched it uh, two days in a row. So yeah. uh, two thumbs up, everyone? Yeah. I would say yes. so, yeah. So as far as any relationships go, we, we didn't see like any love interests, you know, that, that really, it was more about friendships, but what, was there anything that stuck out to you guys? Uh, I mean, we definitely covered the, uh, the, the Chewbacca relationships, but I think, you know, just sort of like the, the continued theme of friends and family and like your family's who you make it and uh, spending time with loved ones, which is, you know, tough in 2020. Tough message. <laughs> Yeah, they could have like done some video conferencing with people that couldn't be there. Tie that in. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. They have that technology, right? We know we've seen them use that technology. <laughs> well, true. they used the Force Ghost stuff because we did actually close the episode with uh, Luke and Leia as Force Ghosts, kind of saying, you know, waving over to Ray. So that was cute. That was that's cute. true. Yeah, but um, yeah, but no friends and family and not eating porgs, I guess. Not eating porgs. Yep. yep. Yeah. So uh, on that note, I, I just wanted to kind of wrap this up and, and congratulate you guys. Like I, I said, we, we sometimes talk about relationships and marriage. Um, so this podcast, here we are about a year after we concocted the idea. But really, we're 11 years and two weeks after you guys got married. So yeah. congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That, that was a beautiful wedding. We had a great time. And uh, we wish you many, 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 many more years together. Yep. Um, and, and Kevin, tomorrow will be 17 years of marriage for us. Yes, it will. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. So happy anniversary to all of us. Happy anniversary to our pod. Yep. I love you. I know. <laughs>